that just happened, the podcast that makes summertime fun suck just a little bit less. Pre-recorded just outside the FTC, edited at Lazarus Bay Studios, recording for posterity on July... I think what day it is? 17th? We aired on July 24th, 2016. We submit for your approval of the weekly source of audio debauchery. I'm Rodney Sinio. I'm Adam Flores. And, uh, Army 2 podcast today. Kind of. Kind of. There's, there's gonna be a lot of background talk today. Kids screaming, kids playing. That's Ellie. So, uh, we're chilling and grilling right now. Rodney and I are grilling for chicken outside. That's also Johnny here in the background. That's actually Sessie. Let's go pee pee Oh, Cecilia has to use the bathroom, so yeah. we got that on public record. Yeah. Well, another vocal about that. So, um, figured we'd start the show with a little segment that, uh, we haven't really been doing, actually. But, uh, it's actually the namesake of the show. <laughs> we started out recording podcasts to talk about this kind of stuff. About stuff that actually just happened. Yes. So, um, you know, we came over today thinking, okay, maybe it might be a good day to jump in the pool and maybe grill, throw some stuff together. It's kind of a lazy Sunday after the uh, the Flores family reunion that we were at yesterday. So, as it turns out, the girls came up with a recipe that they saw online, and we, uh, of course, went to go shopping for the grocery items necessary for the recipe. And uh, Otherwise known as ingredients. Yeah. <laughs> So not far from the FTC is a, a Cermak produce, uh, which is always fun. And then uh, we had to stop by Home Depot and pick up some propane. Not a mile away from the house. <laughs> and just the, the sheer fiasco of our lifestyles is awesome. We're, we're driving down a residential uh, neighborhood block waiting on the, uh, I guess, the freight train that was passing by, the tracks that runs just behind the FTC. We were really <laughs> basically giving them a map. Yeah. At this point. <laughs> I didn't be able to find the place. And uh, somebody behind me in a Buick LeSabre decides to make a residential block into a two-lane right-hand turn. Like so, an asshole. Yeah. Fuck you to that person. Then, uh, of course, we continued on our adventure to Home Depot through the traffic on Cicero Avenue. And uh, went for the, now the Home Depot over on Cicero Avenue where we can get the propane actually has a pretty uh, nice computerized system where you can exchange your propane tanks. Not, not unlike Without the... Without human interference. Yeah, well... <laughs> Which is what Skynet wants. Yeah, it's supposed to be self-aware. So anyways, they've got this locker system where, you know, you purchase propane and then you put in the code from the receipt and uh, some locker opens. You put in your old propane tank and you take out a brand new propane tank um, after you pay the fee at the register. There's summation. And there's Sessie. So anyways, pay for uh, the propane, take the old tank over to the locker system, put in the locker code. Not only uh, do we get the uh, door open, door number 37, Turns out the locker that opens is empty. The only locker that opened was the only empty empty locker. Yeah, the one empty locker in the whole, I don't know, I guess. I guess it's like 40, 45 different options. Lockers of propane that you can see through, and it was the only empty one. So they really uh, chat my ass. And then there's a call for assistance button on the kiosk. So then we hit the call for assistance button. We wait for about five minutes. Nobody shows up. So then finally I told Ronnie, just hang out here. I'm going to run it. I go inside and we run into uh, a well-baked employee who was more surprised than anything else that this system even existed in his own store. <laughs> Didn't even know there was a locker system for propane at this store, which is hilarious. And... Uh, yeah, it was just like, is there a number to call or something, or somebody you should be talking to? It's like, yeah, yeah, it's you. you, yeah, you're the guy. So then, so then, what we ended up doing was, well, what he ended up doing is, he told us, I'll go find somebody, which is what I thought I did. Yeah. So I guess he had to find an adult to help us out. 
So he goes inside for backup, and eventually the cart guy with uh, gloves on asks us about it. If we're looking for propane, comes by and with his key is unlocks some secret door, which opens the locker, the exact locker that we needed to get to. Which, by the way, I didn't see any him pressing any numbers, so I'm wondering how he even popped that lock. What was even more impressive is the fact that he was annoyed by us. Like, we're like, hey, something happened. He's like, yeah, 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 I got it. And just popped it open. I'm like, oh, Yeah, yeah okay. like, we can't figure out the locker system. Yep. Ironically enough, the locker system hey, thank you. was actually powered by a large propane tank, so imagine if you ran out of gas on that thing. So that was, what, a span of 10 minutes? Yeah. Had both fiascos occurring? Yeah. So then we get to Sermi Produce, and we turn into a lane that's only one direction. And of course, we're waiting for a guy, he gets in his car, he puts on his reverse lights, or puts it in reverse, and ends up backing up in the wrong direction. Yeah, so like he's it, coming it, towards he us. He pulls one of those two-point turns, <laughs> and he starts coming down the wrong way, down a one-way parking lane, which is awesome. So, lots of great material for this show. Yeah, the show's just writing itself today. But besides that, I guess we should get into shoutouts? Okay, right off the bat, I gotta send a very special shout out to my two little nephews. Now, if you're listening to this, turn it off and uh, tell your mom you shouldn't be listening to our podcast unless you're like listening to this 20 years from now and you're finally old enough to hear this podcast. Special shout out to AJ and Josh for winning the Little League Coach Pitch Championships of Bolingbrook. Nice, Andrew. They played. They played the White Sox yesterday in the championship game, and they they blew them out. It was like 16 to four or something like that. Just ridiculous. Unfortunately, it sounds like a White Sox game lately. Yeah, but um, it was real intimidating going in. This is the first game that I saw for uh, both of my nephews. They're incredible baseball players for their age. They're swinging the bats. They almost hit, one of them almost hit a home run mm-hmm. yesterday. I know they have cannons for arms for little kids. It's just like if you were playing catch with them, like I, I think they have a better arm than I do at this point. Of course, they throw like a girl. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it was real intimidating going into this game because my sister was explaining to me that the team that they're up against they had never faced before. Um, they practice at least three times a week, and the parents take their baseball very hey, seriously. Hey, hey. None of that. Sorry, guys. <laughs> so, so apparently the, their parents take uh, baseball very seriously. These kids are practicing three times a week. Hey, this isn't Mario Kart. No. This team. Don't do that. Yeah, that's not Mario Kart. This team had never lost before. So this team was undefeated on their summer season. Um, they're very professional, very serious. Even the uniforms look pretty serious. So they look like uh, almost like professional cleats and helmets that they were wearing. They were wearing those uh, sunglasses. Sebastian Fun Cheerios. They're finding they were wearing those one uh, lens sunglasses that you know you see them wearing the pros. What? Like, I swear to God, the center fielder had a gold chain around his neck. It was, uh, <laughs> he was from the Dominican Republic, or at least that's what he was trying to tell me. I didn't really understand what he was saying. Shadow. Yeah. So uh, yeah, these guys were serious. It was pretty intimidating. So uh, the fact that they were able to hold their own against this team, let alone blow them out, was just incredible. I really wanted the. Uh, I, I honestly wanted my nephews to win. I'm not big into the whole participation award thing. I mean, there just has to be a loser. I was actually preparing, you know, to talk to my nephews to calm them down after losing to a team so so very very uh, no 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 intense. But they actually ended up blowing them out of the water. And uh, the frustrating part was that the parents were very upset at the umpires for some of the rules that they were calling. Uh, I mean, that's most parents, though. So. No, no. I mean, they were extremely upset. It's like so, one of the rules apparently in a coach pitch uh, baseball 
is that you're not allowed to touch any of the kids. You fixed it? Uh-huh. So who touched them? The adults did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you can't even give the kids a high five. Um, so here's the thing. You have your first base coach and you have your third base coach, and, you know, they're basically the base runner coaches. At one point during the game, our team, the Braves, had an error where they overthrew first base. So the coach tells the uh, the runner at first base to go to second. And basically, I guess the little kid wasn't listening, not really paying attention. I mean, it happens when you're dealing with, like, seven, eight-year-olds. So the coach just pushed him to go over to second. The kid starts running. Well, immediately, the umpire for, uh, you know, the umpire, you know, said he was out because his uh, coach, you know, instead of telling him, he pushed him to go to second. And right away, you know, the father... I don't know if the father of the kid. He's father to one of the kids on the team, I'm assuming. He started screaming at the other coaches. He's, he's swearing at the other coaches. Like, hey, you're going to send these kids to first. Make sure they fucking open their ears. And it was just kind of like, all right, dude, the kid's probably eight at the oldest. You know, one, there's no reason for swearing. Two, I mean, it's your fault that the kid's out. And, and three, I mean, don't get upset at the kid if, uh, you know, you kind of screwed up the game for him. Yeah. Oh, man. See, see I've been to a bunch of, like, um, peewee hockey games. And parents there, I mean, you want to see upset parents if you go to a peewee hockey game, they fucking go ape shit. No, there was this one one other play where they called one of our uh, one of our base runners safe because uh, their shortstop fielded the ball in the, the, the line, or basically in the, the path of one of our base runners. And apparently it's illegal for a kid to stand in, in the baseline. Right? You can't you can't stand in between the bases. You can be to the left or the right of the baseline, but you can't block the other kid from running to the base that they're they're headed to. It's a straight yeah. path. Yeah. So they so they ended up uh, calling one of our base runners safe, even though he was tagged by the other kid. And then there was this whole meeting about uh, why the ump called him safe, even though he was clearly tagged. It was like the third out of the you know the third inning. Which there's, it's only a six inning game, and uh, the coach was just so upset about it. He had to call a meeting, and it was like a twenty minute conversation with the umpire and about explaining the rules, and uh, he was just not happy. See, I don't get that. Here's my thing about that. Like, when, it, when it comes to little kids playing sports, you gotta let little kids have fun. Remember that thing one is have fun with it. You know, nobody's expecting them to be pulling triple plays at that age. Shout out to uh, Josh. He actually he did got get a, a triple. No, oh, Josh got a triple. triple. AJ got a double. Yeah. Yeah, Joss almost had a, a home run. But uh, what kills me is, like, they didn't employ the slaughter rule. Because, you know, when you're losing by 10, it's, it's especially in a little league lane, there's a very little likelihood that you're going to come back. But not so much that, you know, I, I didn't want to just have the game called for my nephews. It was just, I didn't want the other little kids to be that discouraged to play baseball. And you can tell on their faces by the fourth inning of a sixth inning game that they didn't want to be there anymore. Yeah. I mean, they knew they weren't going to win. They, could, they had all but given up, but the coach had been pushing. Not only that, in, in this little league, you're only allowed... Okay. You're only allowed to bat nine times in an inning for your team. So matter, you know, if you get nine runs or not, you can only have nine people up to bat and anybody left on base just score. Because they don't want to, they don't want this to happen. They don't want the score run up. So by the sixth inning, since the other team was the home team, they got to bat last. But they were already down by 11, so it was absolutely mathematically impossible for them to win. But the coach made their little kids play out the inning anyway. They understand sportsmanship and all, but I mean, at that point, you know, those kids didn't want to be there. They had a completely undefeated season. They just up wanted to go this home. Point, yeah. yeah, they just wanted to go home. I mean, I understand the the coach's point of view because you 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 want to you want to teach them play it out. Yeah, like look. Good or bad, at least take it for for what it is and and learn from it. But you know, you play, you you play every inning, every out, like you should, like it's like it's the the right thing to do. So I I really do understand that. I just don't. When it comes to little league and and kids playing sports, parents and coaches both get entirely too overzealous. And 
it sets an example for the kids to, to act like maniacs during a game. You, yeah. you ever see when these kids end up getting mad? Yeah. Well, I mean, on, on the other hand, I do, since it was my nephews, it was kind of nerve-wracking, you know, just kind of hoping, man, I hope they do well, man, I hope they do well. And they ended up doing really well. Again, Josh got a triple on one play, AJ got a double, Josh almost got a home run. You know, they were fielding balls like they were diving for catches and stuff, like, not, no exaggeration, like, I'm not even... That's when you teach that kind of stuff, too. Yeah. Sliding into bases, like, really great hustle. I was so impressed. I couldn't be more proud of my nephews. So, uh, special shout-out to them. Shout-out to my wife, of course, who's been helpful about taking care of the kids, making sure things are held down. Shout-out to the Flores family and having their reunion in the summer. Thank you for inviting me, and, uh, you know, it's always a good time. Everybody had a lot of fun. Basketball bags, Beersby, uh, ended up turning into a basketball tournament. But the old men were actually dominating. Yeah, 40, 45-year-old 40, guys. Just owning the court. Dominating. That was a lot of fun. So yeah, piggybacking on that, shout out to uh, the family, shout out to Maria, of course. Shout out to everybody that ended up having a good time. Shout out to Angel, who went with me to go pick up some PVC pipes so that we could go play Beersby. That was a lot of fun. Shout out to my dad and to Nelly for being undefeated in just about every freaking game that they played. Also, uh, birthday shout outs this week. Shout out to my friend Toby, uh, my friend Morgan out in uh, Colorado. Shout out to Caesars turning 21. Shout out to uh, my friend Sammy, my cousin Tony. What's Caesar? Caesar. 21? 31. You said 21. Did I say 21? I meant 31. Uh, and then shout out to Angie, Marilyn, and uh, Jared Sampson. Oh. All birthdays on the same day. Oh, Angie's and Jared's? Angie, Jared, and Marilyn. Oh, wow. Jared turning 34. Oh, bad, sir. Just a little shout-outs, right? Yeah, just finished shout-outs. So, uh, I'm going to put some stuff together for podcast news. We'll get to that in a second. Well, let me also say this. We tend to stay away from high-octane topics here, politically charged high-octane topics, or uh, or just ch- topics that might seem controversial socially, because because we, we want to be a fun podcast, so we try not to pick sides for stuff publicly. We're, we're not trying to influence your decision, not trying to influence your opinion, other than our movements, like, that yeah. are still very tongue-in-cheek. But we're, we're, we're hoping to be your escape. Yeah. A lot a lot of the pod- positive feedback we've gotten from doing this podcast is, hey, you know, I listened to you guys on my way to work, and it made me laugh and forget about, you know, the shitty trip I had in or, you know, the, the job I have to do. And I mean, that's exactly what we're after. And uh, Exactly. If we can, if we do that for you, that's that's really what we want to do. That's what we hope to accomplish. We're not trying to tackle the tough issues. Yeah, we're the light show, and you know, yeah, we'll take that moniker because I don't know if we can make it laugh. You know, yeah, there's plenty just... of stuff to bring you down or for you to get enraged about in this world. It's a big part of the reason why we don't do politics or religion. I mean, those are the, those are the main reasons why we we started with that because it's people get too polarized on one or the other. So we try to keep it light. But with that being said, as we mentioned, what a year ago now a year and a half ago we do support law enforcement in this country that was the whole reasoning behind the utjh black and blue line was to show our support towards law enforcement that's of course not to say that we condone any types of violence against anybody at all whether it's any groups of people on police or police against other people that are found unjust so i'm just gonna leave it at that but i i I do want to say that on behalf of rodney i'm sure um our hearts go out to the families of of everyone being murdered for whatever reason especially with the Dallas and the Baton Rouge attacks um, my biggest fear is 
cops going out there and being scared to do a job. Uh, a job that, uh, for a lot of these guys, you know, they've been looking up to police since they were kids. And this might be the one thing that might take them away from doing something that they love. The, the good officers out there, the very, very good officers, which, in my experience, far, far outweigh the bad ones. So, thoughts and prayers go out to everyone touched by this horrific ordeal. And we're going to keep doing the best we can to put a smile on your face during these hard times. Because that's what we do and that's what I like to think we're good at. So, yeah. So, thank you for uh, letting me get serious for a minute. And, uh... Giving you guys a little insight to our thought processes when it comes to this. Because I'm, I'm sure there's going to be somebody out there that's wondering what our stance is on this whole thing. So I just want to throw that out there for uh, the sake of throwing it out there. And uh, giving a shout out to all law enforcement to say, you know, we do have your back. Uh, Alright, so with that being said, let's move on to podcast news. Uh, actually, let's uh, let's switch gears and let's do a little bit of um, I Just Saw. Hmm. Uh, we'll, we'll get back to the um, entertainment. To the regularly scheduled program? Yeah. Alright, well, um, so let's... Actually, what have you seen? Let, let's let's talk about this first because uh, this is a, a very very unusual phenomenon that's sweeping the country. It's people are getting sick of it on Facebook, and Adam just uh, rejoined the uh, the community. The Pokemon Go movement. I'm sure it's there's probably events being coordinated as we speak. If it's not featured on Geeks Go Go, uh, this is something that's right up that alley. We haven't seen this many fat kids losing weight since Dance Dance Revolution hit the arcades. <laughs> It's, it's really a game that uh, forces you to get out in the world. And whether you do augmented reality or not, uh, the only way to get ahead at this game is, is capturing Pokemon. And I understand that, like, okay, it's kind of stupid. All the memes and the jokes and the stuff on social media is kind of lame. And, and all the, the people luring people into traps is lame. Like, you're taking something... Team Rocket. Ho- wholesome and fun. Yeah. And you're, t- and you're turning it into, let's find a way to bait people in that... That's just not cool, you know? The nerds, it's like the nerds can't have that one thing. So, fuck you to those guys. Honestly, I'm I'm enjoying the nostalgia. I started out with a, um, I'm, I'm not doing very well. Cause I, I, I love and I hate the this concept because I don't have time to put into this freaking game. Yeah, because we're grown-ups. Oh. And it's funny because we're grown-ups that are playing this game, which is fucking funny. And the kids that are playing the games were never around for fucking Pokemon when it was big. Yeah, I really envy if I was, if I had this game like when I was like 12, 11, 12. What, what year did Pokemon come to the States? No, I, I mean, it was a card game for a very long time. It was, um, I mean, it was a trading card game like that was battling. I, I remember seeing the cartoon like late in life, but I, you know, I enjoyed the cartoon. It was a, I felt it was entertaining. It wasn't your prototypical uh, anime, but. Because I remember, I remember being young and being like, wow, this is fucking, let's see. There's no way that that's true, because it says that it started in 2008, and that's fucking impossible. Cartoon Network, no. Because it was on Fox first, right? I don't know, I remember it being a Saturday morning cartoon, or at least I felt like it was. First run syndication, 98-99. So the original run started in 1997, one way or another. It started in 1997. So, you were older than that in 97, right? Because in 97, I was in 7th grade? No, I was pretty sure it was late in high school. So yeah, because you said you were 12, but I'm like, you got to be older than that. No, that but time. if I was 12 and I had nothing but time oh, yeah. in the yeah. world, yeah. I mean, even then, even at what, 16 you were at the time in 97? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even at that point, you still probably would have done it. Yeah, probably, but I mean, I would have been working. Hmm. 
It was important in my life when I turned 16 and I realized I could get a car and I could get a job, you know, and all the stuff that I wanted to do required money, so I actually, you know. But think about how, like right now, as an adult, the reason why I stopped playing the game the first time, I had it for like three or four days and I was like, well, I only go to work and then home and then home and then work and then work and then home. So I was like, what the fuck is the point? Like, I'm going to be, like, unless Pokemon are in either of those two places at all times. Yeah. And I can't even have my phone at work. So it's it's definitely not something you do on your lunch break or anything like yeah. this. Yeah. You know. But at sixteen, even when you had a job, you were at your job, and then you go a bunch of places after work or before work. Like it wasn't like you were home, work, work, home, home, work, work, home. I mean, you had school also, and I'm sure around there you had your means. I mean, I went to school downtown. You know how much fucking craziness it'd been like landmark, 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 landmark. Yeah, yeah, that would have been awesome. I mean, thinking back to what I was sixteen, there wasn't really shit to do when we were that age. I mean, except this. <laughs> well, no, this this wasn't it. You had video games, you had comic books, there were, you know, you could go to the movies, which required money, which we didn't have, or yep. you can rent movies from the video, you walk to the video store and pick yourself a movie and watch it on VHS. I mean, in terms of ent- entertainment options, a free online video, online, it wasn't even a concept back in the day, you had to, <laughs> hey everybody, let's come over to my house and let's play some Mario Kart, which, you know, at 16, 17. Or GoldenEye. Like if you have friends who thought you were cool enough to come over uh, and play. Yeah, I spent a lot of time with Nelson. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Nick. Shout out to Nick. But, but yeah, um, I mean, as much as much as I hate this game, I really like this game. You know, all in all, it's a uh, you know, it's addictive. It's you know, it has its it has its flaws, but you know, it's kind of nice to to be able to to have a game that's based on okay, getting out and being yeah. out in the world. Yeah, know? it's it's almost like the uh, the Foursquare, but a game version. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, let's see all the places you could ding on, on your way to and from home and work or whatever. But. For for all the worry that you know people have about the disconnect of kids these days and, and you know the real world, talk about a game that gets them back out, and talk about a game that you know lets you get an escape, and talk about a game that doesn't segregate or doesn't make us think about all the divisions and the different well other than the three teams that you join after level five but i mean it doesn't you know we'll see i pick a color or but but for me like i i I remember pokemon came out i'm like fuck that you know that's that's made for little kids because like the anime that i was watching at the time was like ghost in the shell and you know really hardcore anime so i'm like look at this cheesy shit and i never paid it any mind I i must have seen in my life i maybe have seen as many as 10 episodes and it's like, I can see the appeal because it's it's cool to see the different monsters and the the creativity behind them. I, I, I do like that. And, and there were a couple times when Charizard turns into who? Uh, it goes uh, Charmander to Charmeleon to Charizard. Okay, so Charizard's the highest one, right? Yeah. Like the one that looks the most like a dragon? Yeah. I remember seeing that one and being like, that's fucking cool. But he's got those bitch-ass wings. And I'm like, can not put actual wings on him? But all in all, like I, I could see the appeal, but it just it, I, it never grew on me. So even right now, I re- re-downloaded the game and I'm talking with Johnny, who's always here, and Rodney, and Johnny's like a pro at this game, like every other fucking game, apparently, and he knows stuff about this game that Rodney and I don't know, and they're characters, and I'm like, is this guy good that I just, that just ran into me? Is this guy good that just ran into me? Like, I don't understand how to figure that out, so. I, I just like it because even from the cartoon to even this game now, it's it's kind of a game that bridges generations, like, you see guys who are out there, and they're like 40 plus, looking for fucking Pikachu, but you know, they're like kids out there, who are like eight. Eight, nine, ten, and they're barely learning about Pokemon. That these, you know, forty-year-old guys uh, could have been like twenty at the time. It's genius, though. Who, whoever, whatever company is behind, because I heard Nintendo. Nintendo it's I heard Nintendo. Nintendo and McDonald's are behind it, right? Yeah, yeah. Genius. Nintendo's got the corner on the nostalgia market right now. Everybody's going bananas about the little NES yeah. box that's coming out with thirty games. Which actually, if you have, you're an Android user and you knew what you're doing, you actually. 
you know you can have those games on your phone, but that's another sidebar. Fuck well, you to Apple that we're not. N- we're not Nintendo there. for a company that is sorely losing in the console race, all but lost. Well, see, I'm gonna say. See, that's what everybody thinks, but I mean, if you look at the DS market, the DS has the market. And, and that's, on... that's what I was gonna get. Is like in in main in main consoles, something that you're gonna have with a with a crew, of your friends, and indistinguishable indistinguishable graphics between reality and the game. It's not there, but Nintendo to me is the only system that still knows still wants to make just fun games like yeah we're not gonna have the most realistic looking games you know we're gonna have like you said the nostalgia value we're gonna ma- keep making some link games we're just gonna keep making some mario games we're gonna tug at your heartstrings and we're gonna get your fucking money come get this fucking money come get this money <laughs> no i mean i think maybe it's maybe it's our generation maybe we're just showing our age where we think that Nintendo's not a viable video game company but if you if you really think about it Every little kid's got a DS. You know, there is no in-between portable gaming system. And we're used to the, okay, plug it into your TV and live in it in your, in your you know, your TV stand. And that's that's where your video games are. But, you know, kids these days are just, I need something portable. I want to walk around. I want two screens with a stylus. Well, that's why the PSP never fucking kicked off. I mean, yeah. it did well, but, like, I have a PSP and I'm like, alright. Well, shit, I had a Vita. You know, I, I knew I shouldn't have bought it because when it came out, there were like four games that were for the Vita, and now two years later, there are four games out for the Vita. So, <laughs> like, you can't get a Vita I mean, game. Shout out to Dave Merkel. He loves the Vita. He still uses Vita, but it's just one of those things where I just don't. You're right. Nintendo does have corners of the market for DS, and and there are games that I've been wanting to play, like A Link to the Past. You know, like I, I love that game on the D, on uh, the Game Boy because I had just the original flip open Game Boy, uh, the Generation One version of that, and. Uh, that sure wasn't the original Game Boy. But. Well, no, I had the original gray one, but I mean the original flip open one, the generation flip open, because the DS flips open, but it's a the, DS. The Game Boy SP. Sure. Yeah. Because I had the, the Game Boy Advance SP. Yeah, that's what it was. Because yeah. I had the original brick looking Game Boy with the green screen and Mortal Kombat on that shit. Nick was the first person I've ever seen with the pocket Game Boy that was like maybe sixty percent that size, and it was super tiny. Like it was so tiny that the game barely fit in the back. Hmm. Um, it was really cool. He brought it to uh, high school. And I was like, man, that's amazing, but it's fucking expensive. I think that thing was like 200 bucks when it came out or something like that. So, okay, let's something gate this. If you had to pay for Pokemon Go, 30 or 60. I'm not paying shit for it now. I know, but if if this was a game that you had to pay for, like if, if it came down to it and someone was like, all right, pay for this fucking game, 30 or 60. You know what? I think I would I would call it a $30 game. Yeah, I think I would too. Just because, I mean, I would, I mean, to me, $60 games are very rare. Like, for me to buy a game, I really have to enjoy it. Like, I really, I have to enjoy it so much that I have to be able to say, I'm going to sacrifice time for this game. I'm, I'm going to sacrifice time to sit down and be able to play this. So, uh, yeah, I'd say 30. 30 for me. 30 for me as well. But still, still enjoyable game. Yeah. Now, all right, have you seen anything else besides that? Okay, so this week, my big um I just saw was the new Ghostbusters movie. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, shout out to... Uh, Rosa? No. No, the Mix and uh, She FM radio. I, I happen to be listening to radio because, um, well, Nick was on vacation. I didn't have any podcasts to listen to. Way to go, Nick. Yeah, no. Um, I didn't want to, um, there's a bunch of podcasts that I need to catch up on and I just kind of get lazy on my downloads. I'm still working on, I'm transitioning between desktop computers and blah, blah, whatever. I got a new monster at home that I haven't installed all the programs on yet. So, um, you know, I decided to listen to regular radio and, you know, Saturday afternoon, nobody really listens to radio anymore. Contest came on and says, hey, you know, be the 25th caller. We'll give you free tickets to Ghostbusters, uh, premiere. So I call up and, you know, I get the busy signal and then the hang up. So I say, fuck it, you know, I'll try it again. Got a long car trip ahead of me, you know. 
call in. It's like, hey, you're the 25th caller. I wound up on uh, the <laughs> shitty radio station. It's like, oh, okay, thanks. Gave me tickets for a Tuesday night, which... You have a, a weird string of luck for that kind of shit, though, I don't do. you? I do. I uh, do. For maybe a good year, I had um, a weird... <laughs> I had this weird phone. This was back post-Nokia, but pre-Palm Pilot days. Um, it was a uh, Sony Ericsson phone. It wasn't the uh, the first generation color screen phone. It was like the second generation one with the interchangeable cases. And it had this feature that, you know, it was, just, it was just a part of the phone where if it got a busy signal, it would drop the call and, like, keep trying to dial the number. So, like, for radio station contests, this was, like, the perfect phone. And it won me, like, tickets to Disturbed. It won me a Sega Dreamcast. It won me a PS2. What? Yeah, I won, won me a bunch of stuff on like a bunch of different radio stations. Because I remember talking to you and you're like, oh yeah, I want tickets to that, I want tickets to that, I want yeah. tickets to that, I want tickets to that. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, no, it was all the phone. Um, that and there are certain times when, you know, I would listen to the radio because I would get up like super early in the morning and nobody's listening to the radio at 6 o'clock in the morning because everybody's sleeping. So it's like if they throw a contest out there, that's like the perfect time to call in. So... Saturday afternoon, if you hear a radio station, that's the perfect time to call in, because obviously I called twice and I got through to the 25th caller. Um, they gave me tickets to the pre-premiere Ghostbusters. Now, I wasn't planning on going seeing the movie. Not to say that, um, you know, I don't support the franchise, and definitely not to say that, because that's what people make it seem when you say you don't support this Ghostbusters that movie. Sexist. That I'm sexist, or I'm against body dysmorphia. Um, I just, I really hated the trailer. It looked stupid. Um, I didn't appreciate that kind of humor because it was kind of lame and dated. I mean, they're doing exorcist jokes, for Christ's sake, and it's 2016. You know, it's been done to death in all the scary movies. So the trailer was god-awful, and I was expecting the same from this movie. So I went in with very, very low expectations. Right out of the gate, they hit you with that same kind of humor in the opening sequence. Kind of lame jokes, like very subtle jokes, and they move it very quickly. Not even like clever jokes that, you know, like a Deadpool movie would have. Just, you know, kind of, I don't know, jabs or awkward jokes or... It just just wasn't funny. A lot of forced humor in this movie. That being said, all the scenes in that trailer were the worst possible scenes that they could have picked out of that movie. Really? There were some incredible scenes in there that I was like, why wasn't this in the fucking trailer? Because if I saw this scene in the trailer, or even a hint of that scene in the trailer, and now I'm starting to see it in the newer trailers, I would have, I don't, I don't want to see it, I, want, I don't want to say I would have seen it opening weekend, but I would have been more inclined to be, or more excited about the movie coming out. Um, after having seen the movie, it's definitely a red box rental, for sure. I don't know if it's an opening week- weekend worth, or, you know, maybe in a second well, weekend. Pets movie already beat it up for this weekend. Um, yeah, which is kind of funny. I mean, well, Luke's not really into animated movies, but yeah, I haven't been hearing good things about that Pets movie. Hmm. But I mean, I have been hearing positive things about Ghostbusters. I think it's about 70s, mid 70s on Rotten Tomatoes, which is better than I expected to be doing. Right. But all in all, it was entertaining. It was a good movie. I really like uh, the proton pack sequence. When the, when I first saw the proton packs in the trailers, how they were all refined and uh, revamped, I hated it. I absolutely hated that. I'm like, that proton pack looks... It looks like... and I, I liked it. For the most part. Well, the thing is, it's like... Got a 73%, by the way. It looks like somebody would have a hard time putting that together for Comic-Con. You know, the original Proton Packs, they weren't made off in an assembly line. They were made by uh, Spangler and Venkman and Stance in a firehouse. Yeah, and, like they weren't streamlined looking... Yeah, they, they were built together with spare parts, just like, you know, the people who go to Comic-Con. They find spare parts and they, they just kind of throw them together. In the movie, you actually get to see the evolution of the Proton Pack being the first stationary cannon that they build that evolves to just kind of a shitty, you know, parts that they threw together. 
to eventually the more refined proton pack that you see in the trailer, which is kind of cool. They actually invent a lot of different weapons, and I don't want to get into it. Some of them are kind of stupid, some of them are kind of fun, but I appreciate that, you know, they're they're trying to innovate and do all these things. It kind of makes it feel like the um, the other Ghostbusters cartoon, not the real Ghostbusters cartoon, where it's kind of... With the gorilla and shit? Yeah, I mean, this, these weapons are kind of campy, but, you know, I don't know, I appreciate the variety. I mean, there's only so many things that, you know, there's only so many times you can see a proton beam, you know, which, which I think the uh, the CGI in the movie did really well. I heard that was really good. Yeah. IMDb gave it like four four point nine out of ten. What would you give it out of five? Out of out of five nerd boners. I'd say three and a half. That's not bad. It's a good three and a half. I mean, again, expectations were low, so it's like it couldn't have gone fantastic four on me. So it's like it had nowhere to go but up, really. And um, I could really see with the scenes and the way they set up the movie, they could keep the franchise rolling. So is this one of those? You either buy it or you wait for it to be on TBS. I mean, I'd red box it, like, okay. or borrow it from someone else. The way um, the way things are turning out, we're moving to 4K, right? So by the time this movie comes out, I mean the the Blu-ray copy is going to be 25. You know, even if you buy it opening week, and the 4K is going to be 30. I don't say I don't think I'd pay that much for it. I would definitely red box it though. You know, don't wait for it on TBS because it's something that you want to watch uninterrupted. Um, the special effects are pretty good, so you know, the, it's definitely worth the Blu-ray copy if you eventually get the Blu-ray copy. But um, yeah, it's it's I'd say it's pretty good. Cool. All right. Well, I haven't really seen anything. Saw some of Bolt because the kids are watching it. That's not bad. And I saw uh, shit. What was it? Oh, Game of Thrones just finished. Season 5 of Game of Thrones. Today I saw episode 1 of season 6. So I'm in the current season. Well, the now past current season. And again, a lot of things that are right in front of me have been spoiled by the internet. So I'm not 100% surprised by things, but some things are finally starting to surprise me. Because uh, people have been a little bit better about not spoiling stuff. And with this season, I've been... Every time I see Game of Thrones stuff, I kind of hide it. So for that exact reason, because I don't want it to end up getting to that point where I'm uh, running into that. But it's still good. The end of the last season had some of the worst green screen effects I've ever seen. Uh, spoiler alert, there's a scene where um, she rides a dragon. And it just, <laughs> it just looks like shit. Like, I was like, it looks worse than Sebastian on Falcor or Bastion on Falcor. That's disappointing. Yeah, and I was like, what the fuck is this shit? Like, you guys have multi-millions of dollars being poured into, into your Yeah, because wasn't, wasn't the whole point of the show it was like the build-up of the dragons yeah. eventually? I mean, you get the dragons in season two. Mm-hmm. Oh, you get the end. You, I think you get the dragons at the end of season one. But yeah, like I was like, oh, you know, she's gonna ride the dragon. It's gonna be awesome. She gets on, it just looks kind of clunky and stuff. And you could just tell that they superimpose it all later. But I mean, it, I'm not gonna discount somebody's efforts because I'm sure somebody in that production company is like, that fucking looks awesome. I put my heart and soul into that. But as a viewer, that looked bad. But that's it for me. I actually, you know, I I've been working so much this past week. I haven't seen anything else. So that's it. Alright, um, what do you want to move on to? Uh, let's uh, switch gears. Let's get back to podcast news because um, podcast news is our opportunity to thank the listeners across the country and around the world. Everybody's talking about my podcast. I got my podcast. I got my podcast on. just want to recognize some new international audiences that we have in Montreal, Canada, leading the international uh, charts. we got some new listeners in Villa Ballester, Argentina, Tijuana, Mexico, we've seen before, but uh, thanks for listening again. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. It's a donkey. Giza, Egypt. What? 
That's uh, definitely a, a city that we haven't seen before. Stockholm, Sweden. We were being considered for the Nobel Prize. I don't know. That'd be awesome. Same. Um, and then across the country, Newberry, Massachusetts. Uh, thanks, John Cena. Uh, Wilmington, Delaware, and Buffalo, New York. Of course, we want to thank our regular listening audiences in Aurora, Chicago, Hanover Park, Joliet, Brolingbrook, Oakland, Skokie, Elk Grove Village, and Fort Wayne, Indiana. Also, Indianapolis to round out the Chicagoland area. Across the country, we have Wichita, Kansas, uh, Missouri, Kansas City, Missouri, I'm sorry, D.C., Ashburn, Virginia. On the East Coast, we have Miami and Fort Lauderdale. On the West Coast, we have San Jose, Mountain View, California, and Long Beach, as well as the L.A. area. Um, internationally, we have San Paulo, Brazil, Dublin, Ireland, and Chaucey, France. Also, and Amsterdam. Very we, big in Amsterdam for some reason. We also have uh, at Bowlern, B-O-U-L-U-R-N, on Twitter, following the uh, Facebook page. And Louis Fierce is a blue check mark that's following us on Twitter. He's got 711,000 followers. Thank you guys so much. Thanks I for guess- listening. If there's, there's any way we can improve what you're listening to, or if you like what you hear, or if, even if you hate what you hear, get us some feedback. Let us know. We'll make more of whatever it is that you know, you'd like to hear. Give us a call at fuckpie. U-T-G-H, that's fuck spelled like Spanish right because there is no C. The actual number is 385-743-8854. We may or may not answer. If we don't, you can text us. You can also leave us uh, messages there. You can email us at uh, hashtag U-T-G-H at gmail.com. Also, real quick, Martin Tholm and at Moha Blee have started following us on Twitter, so... Big shout out to those guys um, getting our numbers up a little bit with the Twitter account. So thank you guys so much. All right. So uh, with that being said, let's move on to the uh, rabbit hole segment. So for me, man, what have I been watching lately? A lot of reaction videos, a lot of BuzzFeed videos. I fell into a pretty deep cavern with that one. I was going back and forth with BuzzFeed. They have a series called BFFs Married for a Week. So for one week, it's just the two of them. They, they live together. Each one has to plan a romantic date for the other person within that week, and they have to live as a married couple. Pretty interesting to see. To see friends kind of look at one another in a different light, and it's... Wait, so these are... These are couples or these are friends who aren't dating are not dating so like one was a guy and a girl one was a girl girl i think a couple of them are girl and girl so i mean it's it's very interesting I mean, most of them are like california kind of hippie kind of people so or hipsters so is there anything ever come out of that or uh not not that i've seen no i mean one chick was like best case scenario we fuck to <laughs> the other girl but i didn't finish watching that it piqued my interest to say the least Hmm. Uh, besides that, for, besides that, a lot of more dude perfect videos and uh, just a, a lot of just really random shit. Um, fighting videos. I've been watching a lot of those ever since we we were talking about UFC and shit like that. So unfair Mario saw that video again. Yeah, that's it for me. So Jason has been really getting into rescue bots, Transformers rescue bots. I tried to have him sit down because I have the uh, the Matrix collection box set of the '80s cartoon, and then you know the, the transition, of course, from Transformers. Transformers the movie into, you know, the Galvatron and Hot Rod generation or Rodimus Prime generation. He sat through maybe like the first three episodes of that and said he wanted to watch something else and he went back to Rescue Bots. Just fine. It's a generational thing. And I can't get into Rescue Bots because I feel like, the, you know, there's only three robots and sometimes Optimus Prime and Bumblebee show up. You know, huh. it doesn't have the complexity of the old cartoon series and doesn't have the animation quality. It's hard to find that middle ground yeah. with kids shows. 
Um, I mean, for either of us, the program is tolerable on either end, but I mean, he prefers his and I prefer mine. Um, but what he also gets into is he gets in, he gets into a rabbit hole. Three-year-old gets into a rabbit hole of kids unboxing these Transformer toys. Um, now, of course, they don't have the Gen 1, Gen 2 Transformer ties, the good die-cast metal ones like we used to have as kids. But now they have the new movie generation of Transformer toys, which, I mean, they get really complex and they also have the RescueBot versions, which are, you know, very simplistic, um, you know, basically like one-button push or, you know, one part moves and now it's a robot now it's a truck kind of thing and um you know i got into my own rabbit hole of watching like you know some of the newer generation transformers some of the movie generation transformers and i find it very satisfying to the point where okay i don't need to buy that anymore because i know how it works you know it, like, like i said i have no imagination you know when i would play with transformers it would just be like now you're a car now you're a robot now you're a car again <laughs> so i that's, mean that's so like i almost feel badly for you because i'm like so what do you do just sit in the room and Transform, not transform. transform yeah, not yeah. Transform. I mean, and they pass for an hour. And you're like, all right, now I'm ready to go. It's, make up it's exactly what these YouTube videos are. So I find it very great. <laughs> if I had the, again, it's a, if I had the technology as a kid, I would not need any toys. I could just sit there. So like that the dad that made made those videos, the awesome like we were talking about, um, was it last week? Or the week before that, the uh, yeah, the, the, uh, the special effects dad or whatever. Yeah. What that kid was going through was how I would imagine shit. Like I'd walk through the door and oh, I'm in a parachute and all that whole thing, and I, you know, talk to myself about that. So it's funny to see that. No, I mean, between them. my my imagination was I wish I had that car. I wish I had Night Rider, or I wish I had an actual Transformer. <laughs> and you know, I would ride around it and I would transform it, and then it would go back to a car. <laughs> that was all I thought about. Like. It, for me, it was very much growing up all about the vehicles. Like, I saw... We took Jason to a party where, um, you know, somebody had toys. You know, Jake and the Neverland Pirates. This whole playset. And, um, you know, there's, there was this pirate ship. And Sandra and I were just... You know, we were kind of relaxing, you know, watching him play with this pirate ship. I was mesmerized by the imagination this kid had where he had, you know, he was he had the pirate ship and he had the Peanuts characters and he was having conversations between the Peanuts characters as they were playing on the pirate ship. I never had that. I, I don't know what it is. I just, I wasn't a writer. I wasn't that creative. I would just, I would have probably been bored with the toys that were there because it's like, okay, here's a pirate ship. <laughs> Does it transform, transform anything? No, no. It, it, it opens up and like, okay, here's the thing. And just, that's why I never had any of those other toys. I had Transformers. I had G.I. Joe's. And the G.I. Joe's I had, they were all vehicles. Wow. That's funny to know that. One of the big difference. There's a there's a big difference between the two of us. Yeah. Well, I mean, the other part is, is I, was, I was a cartoon guy. So it's like I would have my Transformers and then I'd put the Transformers cartoon. And I think Transformers very much for me was very, uh, and probably was my fascination with the toy and why I wanted all those toys, is because the Transformers in the cartoon would transform so fast. I'm like, wait, where did his hand go? Like, his legs turned into what? Like, his hips spun around and now he's a car? Like, I wanted to see that breakdown or how that actually happened. That's kind of what frustrates me about the movie because they're, you know, there's like 230 parts to each Transformer. It's like, okay, how did that door get on his back? Like, what? Like... Yeah, I can't... That was my big problem ever since Transformers 1. I'm like, I can't tell what's what because there's too much going on. Like, in the in the cartoon, it used to be solid piece, solid piece, transform, move around, and you saw how it moved, like you said. Real quick, before I forget, the other thing that I've been watching a shit ton of, again, is Jackass videos. It started with Dude Perfect, and they went to the Fantasy Factory. And I was like, oh, that, you know, I, me I remember seeing that. And they're on, you know, the Fantasy Factory, and it was a lot, it was really cool to see Rod Deerdeck's team doing trick shots versus Dude Perfect's team doing trick shots i'm like that's fucking awesome then from that point rob deerdeck knows jeff Tr jeff tremaine who's the director of all the jackass stuff and um so the jackass guys were at the fantasy factor as well so then that branched to me just watching jackass videos uh, my favorite pranks and scenes that were in them like 
the the giant high five and, and the the nut shots that they did against one another, and then that branched to like the beehive bikini. And I almost started to tear up because every scene with Ryan Dunn in it, you know, I I felt a tinge of like fuck, man. Like it was like one of your friends dying when Rob when Ryan Dunn died because you're like, man, I've seen this guy grow up. Like he used to not have a beard or long hair, and now he's you know he's a total adult. Well, not until adult. He was still kind of childish but in his ways. But you actually got to see these guys progress into who they are now. And it, it was something interesting to see because it wasn't it wasn't watching like a child star grow up. It was like it was like they grew up with you from teenager to adult. And that was really, really fun to see. Um, so it was, it was pretty rough watching. And then I watched the tribute to Ryan Dunn that MTV had. And that was really rough to watch. But it was it was it was fun. It was fun to relive those moments. Do they still have that show with the, um, the Fantasy Factory and everything that the Robin Bay? I don't know. Robin Big had a fallen out for a while. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, right before uh, Fantasy Factory started. And I think it was because uh, Big was like, you know, I deserve more money kind of thing. Like, you know, it's both of our show. At least that's what I've heard. I don't know. And then, Is Fantasy, Fantasy Factory somewhere you, like people can go and like... No. That sucks. I know. And it's that's one of those, like, if, if I had a shit ton of money, it'd be the same thing. Just buy a warehouse, leave it open, and put a bunch of basketball hoops around, all over the place. You could pay, play dodgeball right in the middle. Middle, that's that's the garage that I want. Yeah, I'd be like in Ninja Turtles where like the Foot Clan gang has and it's like arcade games everywhere and I've been dying to get an arcade system. What what's his name? Who's uh Sam something? Why don't I wanna say Sam Cook? No. Uh, the guy from Iron Man, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. That's what I'm gonna do. I when I, when I win, out on that one. when I win the the well, somebody already won the Mega Million. When I win four hundred million dollars, I'm gonna hire Sam Rockwell to take people on a tour of my gigantic warehouse. And hey, any game you want to play, play it. All right, moving on to the fuck you segment. Fuck you. Of course, I want to say fuck you to Comcast right off the bat. Came home after the great family reunion we had and for whatever reason I couldn't log on to anything and I was like what the hell like I want to watch the next episode of Game of Thrones on off the Com- Chromecast and it didn't work because Comcast sucks donkey dick and I did not have my Wi-Fi so fuck you real big to Comcast for that one I didn't get get a chance to call because I looked it up online they said that they were having massive outages throughout the US so I was like fine if it's not up by the morning then I'm gonna have a fucking problem and I'm gonna have to call um, yeah, I think that's just like Comcast's homepage. We have massive yeah. problems throughout the US. Well, it was actually on the news, too. Wow. Which surprised me. So I was like, all right, well, so it's not just me. I think they have that as one of their rotating pages on their landing site. All right, put up the uh, national outage. So yeah, so big fuck you to, to Com- I almost said Chromecast, Comcast. And fuck you to the guy that I was driving down the street today. He pulls up next to me, gives me this fucking awkward-ass mean glare, and then peels out and starts zooming down the street. Number one, dude, I'm in a fucking minivan with my kids. I'm not in the mood to race fucking anyone, so you can eat my ass if you're gonna do that. Number two, he had a bumper sticker on the back of his car that said, your girlfriend loves my car. Let me say this. He was driving a Suzuki. There's no fucking Suzuki four-door that impresses any woman. And if she doesn't get impressed by a Suzuki, then that's even worse for her. If that's that's not the perfect really really yeah oh that's right i was gonna say this really really i got some of those really really but still fuck you to that guy for being a d-bag go ahead uh my fuck you this week goes out to the chicago department of revenue i got a parking ticket for um mistakenly parking in an area where i thought the sign said six to ten but it was actually ten to six so you know my error here i am taking a picture of the sign like oh i'm gonna fucking oh damn it 
Signs right. So my mistake. Don't you hate that? Yeah. Oh my god. My mistake. Okay, seventy-five dollar ticket. I will pay it. I have not found a way to pay it yet. Like supposedly you can go down to the twenty-four hour station. You can scan your license. You can put in the violation number. You can put your driver's license in. You can do it online. But for some reason, no one's able to find this, so I can't pay it. I know I have it, but I can't pay it. So if you, you don't... can't go to currency exchange and do it. No, no. I mean, there's like no record of it. I mean, I have the physical ticket, and that's about it. Like nobody else seems to know what's going on with this. So if you want my money, come get this money. Come get this fucking money. If not, well, then fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. You guys don't need any more money anyway at this point. Exactly. I mean, how many times are we giving a fuck you to the Department of Transportation and shit like that? You owe us money now, motherfuckers. Yeah. Uh, which brings us to the Really Really segment, which is sponsored this week by Live Insurance for the Moments in Life. <laughs> this week and every week. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a first-time listener. He's of like, course. Oh. This week, Really Really is brought to you by Live Insurance. For the moments in life when you find yourself going, really... Really? Make sure you're insured appropriately, whether it be for home, life, auto, or porta potty. Call Alim Insurance today, get a free quote at 312-945-6254, or visit their website at aliminsurance.com. That's A-L-I-M for a limb, because they're not going to charge you an arm and a leg. Alright, so, my really, really for this week, uh, fuck, what was it? Oh, my really, really goes out to Maria. Yeah, the one person that I shout out over and over again. Alright, so Maria and I, we have been doing our best to manage all this overtime stuff. Uh, my really, really goes out to her because I come home from an overtime shift and the house is spotless. Dealing with two kids, three and under, and keeping the house pristine, I don't know how the fuck she does it. So mine is more of a surprise really, really than anything else. Like I, I come home at, you know, 7 a.m. It's like, wow, Really? Really? Like, the house is this clean. So, and I know she does it for the reason to make sure that I'm not worried about whether or not, you know, things will be taken care of. So, big props to you, Maria. I love you. I know it, was, it sounded like it was going to be a negative, really, really, and then it be a positive one. But all in all, thank you very much. I was pleasantly surprised with that. So, that's my really, really. Rodney? Uh, so, I know we don't talk about work. But my really, really this week goes to somebody I was helping out over the phone Uh-oh. at work. And uh, for those of you who follow me on Facebook, you already know what this really, really is. Talking on the phone, troubleshooting with some lady. Yeah, you have uh, two computers there, right? That share a monitor, and you're using a you know keyboard video monitor switch to go back and forth between the two computers. No, no. I don't have two computers here. I have two screens, but one monitor. Really? Really? Oh. One. E- even as, not, as a non-computer person, that hurts. Don't don't correct me. Don't don't correct me with this attitude like I don't know what I'm talking about because what you just explained to me doesn't make any sense. Unreal. And you said it with conviction. So yeah, I stopped me dead in my tracks. I don't know what I had to say to that. And conversation got worse, but I'm not gonna call that person out any more than I already have. Might as well, fuck it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The rest of that conversation was painful anyway, so. Yeah, uh, so moving on to comic clip notes, I was telling Ronnie and David the last time we did the hooking up that I want to kind of get back to some of our nerd roots. Uh, we talked about Pokemon Go, let's talk about some real fucking comic or nerd shit. So I wanted to talk about The Russian, who we talked about two episodes ago. I think it was on the hooking up episode, which I loved listening to that episode. Because even just listening to it, I, I, I had a really good time, so that was that was a lot of fun. Today we're going to be talking about The Russian. Real name, Unrevealed. First appearance, Punisher number 8, volume 5, November year 2000. So he's only been around for 16 years. Very, very recent. Uh, the mercenary nicknamed The Russian accepted a job from crime boss Man 
Manucci to kill the Punisher. After a brutal fight, the Punisher smothered the Russian, later taunting Manucci by showing her the Russian's severed head. A secret paramilitary agency then resurrected the Russian, giving him an enhanced body with boosted olfactory senses, three hearts, and a toughened skeleton. This new body required regular injections of female hormones. The Russian apparently died when he was caught in the explosion of a nuclear warhead on Grand Nixon Island. What they don't explain in this is the Russian ended up being put in a female body and had to get injections, but he had two huge titties on him. And the Russian like was always like looking at him and playing with him and stuff. So that to me was one of those like, what the fuck? are you doing kind of moment when it came to this so that shit was pretty funny reading in the comic book but he's a he's a big big motherfucker looks just like in the movies seven foot two 573 pounds blue eyes reddish blonde hair so strawberry blonde hair his special powers post reconstruction the russian possessed enhanced strength and damage resistance so i can't think of anybody that was better to play him than who played him in the movie in the comic book he talks a lot a lot a lot a lot a lot and he's actually kind of a fan of the punisher he said in the comic book he says he's part of the Punisher fan club back in Russia. So in the movie he was silent. But in the comic book he was much more verbal. So who would you get to play him in a movie that didn't already play him? I don't know, big dude with huge it, it have to be a Russian. Or a Russian. a uh, wrestler still. Uh there is a there's a wrestler out there who wrestles barefoot now. He's um I don't think he's actually from Russia. I, I, think, I think the guy that played Zangief in Street Fighter would have been even done a good job. Yeah, I thought that dude should have been a little bigger, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, the way they make Zangief look, he's fucking ginormous, so fuck that. Yeah. This, it looks just like Hagar from uh, Final Fight. Yes. Remind me next comic clip, though, so we're going to have to do one on the Winter Soldier, because when, uh, when AJ and Josh, um, they had to fill out these forms before the, the baseball, the, you know, the championship game was played, because it was a televised game. Oh, wow. They, they, as they introduce their players, you know, they talk about, you know, their favorite baseball team, their favorite kind of ice cream, who their favorite superhero was. Uh, shout out to AJ and Josh. They wrote, one of them wrote down Deadpool and the other one wrote down The Winter Soldier. There's some deep cuts for like seven, eight year olds, but, oh, yeah. you know, my sister didn't know who either of those two were, so might need to put a comic cliff notes together for my sister next episode. I'm fucking not in here. Alright, what do you want to move on to now? Um... Let's move on to Open Forum and follow the podcast. Do you have anything for Open Forum? Uh, let's see. We talked about the whole Offset thing. We talked a little bit about Pokemon Go. So that's really where I was going with a lot of stuff. I've been trying to get back into comic books again. Oh, I have another kind of fuck you. Uh, so we could we could talk about this for Open Forum. Hawkeye killed Bruce Banner. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. And it pains me that... I don't understand how he killed him with an arrow. Now, somebody mentioned, he's like, oh, the Hulk put a bullet in his own mouth. Why didn't he die then? And my answer was, when Bruce Banner sees a coming even even if he's like in the beginning stages of his transformation he does become invulnerable for the most part i think this was he didn't know it was coming and he got shot through the eye thus killing him thus this might put the kibosh on me with marvel comics the new age of marvel comics for a while because between the super pc ultra diverse avengers that's just you know a marketing ploy and now them killing off my favorite superhero i'm like eh, okay. i'm like i'm out like you guys you guys fucked this one up for me like I, everything was going 
going, okay, like I, I can almost go against everything else, but this is like, no. And of course it's comic books, so everyone's like, oh, he's gonna be back. Of course he is. But it shouldn't be done in the first place. Not because I think the Hulk is, is unstoppable, but it's, it's stupid timing. I mean, you can argue that the Hulk's the one character that people are the most looking forward to in the Marvel Universe next to now Spider-Man. Um, like in every Avengers movie. Who would you want, really want to see the most? the Hulk. You know, you wanted to see it be, like, now that it's finally been done well, it's something that you have to look forward to and now you're going to kill off the character just for the sake of controversy and it's really dumb so with that being said i want to talk to you a little bit about comic book deaths in general what do you think the shelf life of a comic book death should be like i mean bucky was dead and we're going to talk about this next week when we talk about winter soldier but bucky was dead for fucking like 40 years it, you know it kind of depends on the or 50 or 70 years something like that. it kind of depends on the cast it kind of depends on the book or jason todd you know Mm-hmm. Jason Todd was dead for 25 years, 20 years. But, I mean, it's the second Robin, you know, and the first, you know, Dick Grayson, of course, still around. And then you bring in Tim Drake. So, you know, you can arguably say that, well, that character wasn't missed. You know, that character could have stayed dead. And, and that's what I get it. Like, is is there a line that shouldn't be crossed in regards to comic book deaths? Like, next thing you know, Uncle Ben's going to be up and running around. I mean, yeah, that's what I was just thinking. Okay, like, how long, is, back. How long uh, has Uncle Ben been dead? That's been about 50 years. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it depends if it's, it's a, is it really a cash grab? Is it something that, you know, is a precursor to a better story? Like, I really enjoyed the Red Hood story, and I, I like that. I really enjoyed yeah, Winter and, Soldier. And that's where I want to get to, is if it's done... So, with the with these comic book deaths, like you said, is it... Like, I don't know the whole Gwen Stacy backstory, the spider Gwen. But even when they brought back Jason Todd in Hush, I think the way they did it with Hush was much cooler than they did how they actually did it because he just kind of came out of nowhere nobody was expecting that in it and it it played off so well and then it ended up being Clayface spoiler alert and it was like oh what the fuck and I think that was the taste to see if people were going to be like oh it would have been awesome if it really was Jason Todd and then DC's like all right bring that motherfucker back so my thing is like okay like Wolverine died recently and he's already back Spider-Man died. He's already back. And it just gets to the point where you just... It doesn't, like... I I almost don't like the fact that it's like, oh, it doesn't matter. He'll be back anyway. And it started with Superman. Mm-hmm. Superman was the first one to straight up die. It actually affected people, and then it was just, poof, he's back. And it's... I remember when he came back, it being like, wait, what? Like, is this turning into a soap opera now? Where I almost wish that they'd have kept Superman dead for at least a couple years. Get people to clamor for his return. Not just, he's dead. He's back. Hope you missed them. Because I don't like that. I, I don't think that's how it should be done. Million dollar idea. Somebody should write a comic book character that actually goes and kills these characters that keep dying. Or that keep coming back. That Starting was, with Jean Grey. That was kind of the blackest night. That's kind of what that revolved around. These, these rings would show up to certain people that have already died and said, you've already tasted death. You know, it's time to return. You know, went up to bit to Superman and went up to Wonder Woman because she had died before. And when and it was, it went up to uh, the Green Arrow and went after Hal Jordan. I mean, Hal Jordan was another one. I mean, he put out the sun and he was gone for a while. Fuck the Flash. 
I mean, the Flash died with Christ's on Infinite Earths, the original Flash, or not the original Flash, but the second Flash, Barry Allen died in Christ on, on Infinite Earths, and it was it was a big deal. It was like, wow, this guy fucking sacrificed his life for this series, and that's another reason why the series kind of stands out. Fast forward 20 years, and now he's back, and they, you know, Judge Jones has a good way of writing people back in but was it necessary you know you, you have wally west pick up the mantle then you had you know kid flash picking up the mantle and now you have weird shit going on with flash in the comic books again but it's just do you do you think do you think there's even a point anymore no because you you want to feel like your hero's in peril like when you're reading the book like, oh fuck he might die in this episode in this comic not oh fuck he might die eh, but who cares because he'll be back anyway yeah i mean i think it's a cash grab they can't they can't kill off bruce banner and like i just don't see it and thor ragnarok is going to be coming out wow so what's going to happen to the little kids that want to pick up a hulk comic book granted they have the the asian hulk now but it's that's not they don't realize that that's who they want to see because they're going to pick up a comic book and it's going to be they want to see tony stark as iron man not you know a little black girl they're going to be like oh you know let's you know, i'm not a little black girl i don't give a fuck so like like I'm, i want to see the guy that i saw on the big screen and i know that may sound bad on my part for wanting characters to remain in a specific way and i understand the need for change but these like I said, these characters have been around for 50 years, and I understand that there's a need to not let them get stagnant, but there's got to be more creative stuff for you to do than just, boom, here's this. Like, chop off a leg. Do some crazy shit like that. Tony Stark hasn't needed the Iron Man costume for, like, 30 years. Do something that makes him need that again. Have him relapse in alcoholism, you know? Just give him that little bit. There are storylines there waiting to be written in there. Why did Hawkeye kill Bruce Banner anyway? There's a Civil War II going on right now. Mm. I haven't read any of that, but it's just... I mean, he's remorseful about it. It's not like he shot him through the through the face and was just like, okay, the end. Like, you could tell that there was definitely some things going through his mind about it, but it's just, don't do it. Like, like this was the last one. Like, I was upset when they killed Batman the first time because I'm like, it's fucking pointless. He's got, it's Batman. He's one of the top three. He'll be back. Wolverine. I'm like, there's no way they're going to keep Wolverine dead. There's no fucking way. And now the Hulk, and it's like, okay, let's throw a timeout on there. What are you guys thinking with this shit? Because it's not going to last. People that aren't reading comic books know that it's not going to last. So you're not fucking duping anybody unless the Hulk is where they finally draw the line. They're like, no, he's really fucking dead, and he's going to stay dead forever. At which point, I'll be fucking horrified over that. Do that shit with, like, Iceman. Yeah. So that's all I got. I just want to see if you agreed with me on that or not. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of... It depends. It varies. Like, on, on a mainstream character like the Hulk, yeah, it's, there, there's no way. I give it I give it six months, if that. Yeah, I give it to right before the premiere of Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Before they're like, okay, let's... Look who's back! And now he's the actual Hulk again, not the Asian kid. Actually, I was wondering if... Um, part of me was hoping that Doctor Strange, at the end of that movie, would have put together a Defenders team and brought the Hulk back from wherever the Quinjet took him. Well, I'm thinking the Quinjet's taking the Hulk and transporting him somehow to Asgard or something like that. Because the Thor Ragnarok is supposed to be a mix between Thor Ragnarok and playing Hulk. Hmm. Or... Yeah, yeah, playing Hulk, not World War Hulk. Well, somebody threw out there, it's like, okay, well, okay, maybe the Quinjet's gonna end up taking the Hulk, and he's gonna be in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. That's what I thought. Which is less than a year, yeah. Maybe you're the one who came up with that theory, but I don't I don't see the Quinjet doing, you know, any space travel. Maybe get beamed up. Mm. Either way, it's just, it, the, the Defenders thing is gonna happen. They've already stated that they're gonna have Defenders, but you still gotta get Luke Cage in there and Iron Fist, the show, going. I mean, you can argue that you can introduce Iron Fist in that, because you already have the Luke series. Luke Cage series about to come out so you have Jessica Jones already done Daredevil season 1 and 2 already done 
Luke Cage is going to be showing up. Then you can have Doctor Strange have that movie at the end of it or in somewhere in there introduce Daniel Rand with Iron Fist and then have the Iron Fist show after that. I mean, I almost feel like they, um, you know, they kind of let the uh, Infinity Gauntlet, they, they kind of left it alone since, you know, Age of Ultron. And I'm, I'm wondering how they're going to set that up with this. Was going to be 80 characters in the movie? And the, the Secret Defenders is a good way to I bring think, people in. I think Stephen Strange is going to touch on that. I think maybe the last gem might be in an alternate dimension, mm-hmm. which is going to be really fucking cool to see. Mm-hmm. And it'll be cool if they touch on the other Marvel movies that aren't Marvel movies. I think that'd be fucking awesome to show off. Like, you could have, you know, all three Spider-Men just, like, you know, swinging by at one point, or you could have, like, Ang Lee's Hulk versus the regular Hulk just have somebody match that up. I think that'd be fucking brilliant if they did some shit like that. Hmm. Just to be like, look, we tied in fucking everything in this shit. Yeah. You know, have the X-Men all the way in the background, or like an Easter egg for it, just to, just to get everybody to have a nerdgasm. Well, we're only like a couple months away from that movie. Yeah, either November or December or something like that. Yeah, something that big would have been hard to keep a secret, I think. I don't know. They, well, they're they, secret defenders, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, I mean, they've done some pretty... Marvel's been doing some pretty ballsy stuff ever since the beginning of Iron Man 1. Like you, you never knew that it was gonna end with um, Nick Cage at the end of it. Like it was, that was a huge reveal. I remember being in the theater for that. We're like, holy shit! He even said the Avengers. That was fucking big. So I don't know. Nick Fury, mean? What did I say? Nick Cage. Nick Cage. Whoops. That's like, not the same thing. What I got for open forum, something I noticed really weird at breakfast this morning. So, Jason finished his pancakes, and I usually, because I'm working on the podcast on Sunday morning, every Sunday morning, Sandra, Sandra makes the kids pancakes. It's kind of like the weekend thing, and kind of, you know, wraps everything up, makes them realize it's Sunday. So, being that I'm usually working on the podcast by the time Sandra gets the kids up, you know, I'm usually the last to come and, you know, have pancakes with the family, because... You know, there's kind of small, have a small apartment, so it's limited space at the table. So, being that I usually eat, like, clean up, like, last couple pancakes, like, I don't even grab a plate. I just, you know, grab a little ramekin, throw some syrup in there, and you know, dip my pancake in it. Being that Jason had just finished, I figured, okay, well, I'll just use his plate and his fork, you know, because I'm not big on, you know, I, I don't know if people find this disgusting, but I'll use my kids' plates because I know, like, whoever's washing the dishes is just one less thing that they'll have to do. Yeah. And water conservation and all that other ecology shit. So, I, I grabbed Jason's plate, and he already cut up a few pancakes that he didn't finish so i said okay i'm gonna put a pancake on my plate and i'm gonna cut it up and pour syrup on it but that's not the normal way that i usually eat pancakes so what i noticed weird about breakfast that there's so many idiosyncrasies to breakfast that there aren't in other meals that i know you personally you enjoy being able to predict you know the people and your friends like their their behaviors and their patterns like okay i know what this guy's gonna say or not like i think you know i don't know if it was like you and maria had that funny game or no i think it was maria and nelson who had that funny game it's like okay what t-shirt is ronnie gonna show up in is it gonna be a superhero t-shirt transformer t-shirt or just, you know, a t-shirt that says funny, something funny in general. If it's not a work shirt, which is just like kind of a solid color t-shirt. And, and I, you know, being, I have a psychology background, you know, I enjoy being able to predict patterns and, and whatnot. And I think, uh, you know, one of the good ways that, you know, you know your friends is, you know, how they take their coffee. But I think a, another good way to know, you know, how you know your friends is, you know, how they eat their pancakes. Because mm. something about pancakes, there aren't a lot of people who eat pancakes the same way. Do you put syrup on your pancakes before you cut them up or do you cut them up and then you put the syrup on? Do you eat one pancake at a time or do you cut through the stack? I cut through the stack with syrup all over. Yeah. Yeah, everybody does it a little bit. It's kind of like the way people take their coffee. Everybody yeah. takes their co- coffee just a little bit different. So I just noticed that, like, something about breakfast between lunch and dinner, it's, it's not like you can be like, oh, well, you know, there's five different ways you can eat a burger. I mean, you just grab it, pick it up, take a bite. I mean, some people eat it upside down, but I don't know. I will say this about coffee, though. I can never make my own coffee half as well as I, as I feel when other people make me a cup of coffee. Like, yeah. if, like if I go to 7-Eleven and I make myself, like, a coffee, by the time it's cool, cool enough for me to actually sip it, I'm like, I fucked 
fucked something up in there. I can't tell if it's the cream or the sugar, but it's not right, and it pisses me off. No, absolutely. There's something about somebody else making you... Sandra always makes my coffee on the weekends, too, because I can never get the ratio... Like, I take my coffee regular. Two cream, two sugar. But something about the way that Sandra makes the coffee <laughs> so much better. It's kind of like when you have a sip of somebody else's soda. It's like somebody else's soda tastes so much better, but then you buy your own. It's just kind of like, oh, this is just Coke. Dunkin' Donuts, same way. Yep. If they make my coffee... Like, iced coffee. I love iced coffee in the morning. I'm like one of the few people who's like, I don't like hot coffee in the morning. I like iced coffee. Even in the winter, sometimes I'm ordering iced coffee. I know it's a simple formula you know it's sugar cream coffee sugar ice something about the way that you know they make it at dunkin donuts you know and it's not the syrup that they put in there because it's like i can buy the syrup and i can make it but it just it doesn't taste the same yeah so there's something to that too like, I, don't, I don't get it i don't know but there's something interesting i noticed that would be it's good to bring up yeah. like everyone always has eggs a particular way usually like if you're an over easy guy it's to go over hard the the following time It'll never happen. Yeah. But, um, yeah, if you want to share how you have your breakfast, give us a call. Fuck by UTGH. It's fuck spelled like Spanish rape because there is no C. C. Or 385-743-8854. Anything weird that you notice like that for open forum we can talk about on our show? Hell yeah. That being said, we're going to (laughs) go. Anyways, so we're going to call that a podcast because we've got Pokemon to catch and we've actually got some poker to play. I don't know if we'll get that to tonight. Oh, that's right. But, um, yeah, let's start wrapping up. Let's uh, keep Nick running. Uh, we'd like to promote all of the wonderful shows on the Disease Network, including You're Gonna Get a Disease. Well, shout out again to Luke for stopping by. Yeah, episode 10. Check it out. It's a really great episode. And, of course, uh, on that just happened. To make your political views suck a little bit less because they're not going to be there. Yeah, <laughs> something gate. Let's see. For your rhyming openings, make sure to hit them up. Rhyming opening? Yeah, they always rhyme. For the number of the episode. Oh, I figured they try to rhyme, but they can't rhyme like this. Go, go. And then the one-off shows that, uh, you know, show up on occasion like Das Drunks and Veg Dialogues. And Hooking Up. And Hooking Up. Which, shout out to Omar, who's supposed to be on the show. I mentioned Hooking Up. He's like, he's like that's not a UCJ show? I'm like... It is and it isn't. I'm like, it's kind of, it's like a spinoff. It's like Joey from Friends, except good. Remember that TV show? Yeah. That was rough to watch. Like a different world. It's a different world. Yes. That was a spinoff of the Cosby show, right? Mm Mm-hmm. That's another one. We should do that. Favorite spinoff shows. Like Joni Loves Chachi. (laughs) All right. Of course, we want to say fuck all things Kardashian, because Chloe Grace Moretz is awesome and better than they are, so we gonna want to promote her at the same time. So make sure you check out Neighbors 2. Did that come out yet? No. no. I don't think so. So if it hasn't, wait for it. If it has, watch it again. September 11th is coming up, so we got to make sure to buy American on that day as well as every other day if you can, but especially on that day to say fuck you to the terrorists to try to ruin our account- economy. Of course, we want to promote the beautiful law enforcement in this country, uh, just to rehash what we were talking a little bit about earlier. We back the blue around here. It doesn't mean that we say fuck you to everyone else, but it's got to be a hard job to be a cop, and it takes a lot of courage, courage that Rodney and I might not have the ability to do. I mean, Rodney wants to pull over every person that he sees when we're driving, but besides that, <laughs> anyway, if you see a cop, give him a hug, if, you know, let him know that you're gonna step up and give him a hug, don't just be like, with open arms walking towards the cop, be like, hey, thanks for everything that you do. You yeah, don't go running up with a bar of chocolate, because that tends to freak people out, especially when they already have guns. Agreed. Alright. Reading came first? Yes. Listen to Roy Kinsey on SoundCloud. Red Novella, find them on SoundCloud. Tony Arjanon, find them on SoundCloud. Roman and Leroy. Taking the bullet. Roman and Leroy. Yes. Got it. Also, uh, Holy Batcast. 
by Andy DiGenova and Real Fans for Real Movies. you got to keep up with uh, some of those podcasts. you to uh, get caught up on that. Um, also, geeks of go go We're on geeks of go go every Monday. Um, you can find us on Podbay FM, uh, SoundCloud. There's some busy people. Yeah. Paper Hero. Paper Hero on SoundCloud. Yes. Um, you can find us on Podomatic for the time being. Podbay F- FM. Google Play. iTunes. Leave us some comments. Rate our podcast. But, um, yeah, let's, uh, let's give Nick a rest. I know it's going to be a short episode. We'll be back to our... Normal formatted program, or maybe we'll do a podcast. Part, or maybe we'll do an Army of Two uh, podcast again next week, or maybe we'll have Johnny on and do party Army of Two. And yeah, sure, we'll get something going with that. We'll have Johnny on. Johnny's always here. Yeah, isn't that right, buddy? Exactly. I think next week, next week should be a pretty fun show. Might have a return of somebody, according to him. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, got some surprises in store. Hell yeah. But for now, we're going to call that a podcast, so we're going to sign off from the FTC. I'm Ronnie Sinio. Um, I'm Adam Flores. And um, that just happened.